I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Nation podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs and Joe Hugan here with you on a Wednesday afternoon, I guess Wednesday, late Wednesday morning when we're recording this. Uh, Joe, how's it going, man? Thanks for joining me. Hey, it's going great, Andrew. Um, I'm pumped for uh, basketball to get started today. It's a it's going to be a big couple of days here in, in Hawkeye Nation. Uh, as you mentioned, Iowa opens the basketball season 3 o'clock today. We're not going to touch on a lot of basketball because I know that uh, a lot of people probably won't hear this podcast until after that game is over. But then Friday, you got the big Black Friday game uh, against Nebraska. And then right after that, I mean, pretty much back-to-back with that, you'll have Iowa basketball tipping off at 4 o'clock that afternoon. That's going to be like a, a nice you know, 6 Seven hours, just kind of sit on the couch and, and watch the Hawkeyes on Friday. Couldn't be a couldn't be a better uh, week plan weekend plan than that. Absolutely, the day after Thanksgiving, just kind of veg out on the couch. I'm excited about that. I'm still kind of debating if I'll do a uh, an instant reaction for the football game, or I'm I'm thinking I'm leaning towards what I'll do is wait until after the basketball game and then do an, an instant reaction for both because I don't know how much time there's going to be between the two. A noon kick and a and a four o'clock tip. It'll be it'll be interesting. I do want to touch on a little bit of basketball here though, Joe. Before we uh, before we dive into the Iowa Nebraska. Nebraska game on Black Friday. Um, you know, you know, uh, it's just we've talked for so long, really since the season was canceled in March, about the potential of this team. And, you know, if Luca Garza comes back, obviously he made that decision to do so. Um, there's just been so much hype, so much excitement, and the, the day is finally here. And there's a part of me that's a little worried it's not going to all live up to expectations. Uh, how excited are you for this basketball season? Uh, you know, it's, it's off the charts for me. Um, in, it is probably as every Iowa fan, I mean, since the eighties, uh, with, uh, BJ Armstrong, Roy uh, Marble, um, those expectations are high that, uh, we're going to have a great season, but the rest of the big 10 is, you know, no slouch. We have a lot of teams that are, uh, uh, ready to go, uh, ranked very highly. The big 10 has been pretty much the premier, um, basketball program in uh, all of college basketball. Um, a lot of guys are gunning for us. We have a big target on our back. Luca Garza coming back, obviously. Um, he's going to have the biggest expectations than anybody. Um, J- Jordan Bohannon, 
going to have uh, some expectations for him, but I think he kind of gets a little bit of a pass. Just we don't know how he's going to react coming back, but we have high hopes for him. Um, I think a lot of people are, are going to think that uh, Garza is going to be scoring a lot of points. I'm actually hoping he's not. Um, I, I don't think that's his role this year. I think his role is defense, which we we struggled in with last year. If he can uh, really clean up the defensive side of the ball, maybe we don't need 85 points or more to uh, to win a ball game this year. Yeah, should be an elite offense, and then might get to that 85 number often. But you're right. Hopefully, the defense can step up a little bit, and and that'll be interesting to see kind of what happens in those guard positions. I think we'll see a lot of four guard. You know, with uh, Connor McCaffrey playing the four like he did most of last season, he led the nation in assist to turnover ratio, and then really kind of uh, was a, a floor general out there in that position. I, I liked him there. I think we'll see him there quite a bit. Uh, you know, may see some of the the twin towers with Jack Nunji at some point whenever he returns or. Um, you know the Murray twins may, may get some some looks at some point, but I do expect to see a pretty small lineup with then Luca Garza at the five. Uh, Jordan Bohannon will be starting at point guard today. I would imagine that'll be the case uh, for much of the uh, the the, the non conference. It will be interesting to see what Joe Toussaint's role is, and then obviously other guys, Patrick McCaffrey, and then some guys we haven't seen, and and kind of what their roles will ultimately be. Um, as you mentioned, expectations are just as high as they could possibly be. And I guess the thing that that doesn't have me all that worried about, you know, I, what I worry about is getting my own hopes up too much and then, uh, you know, having a great Iowa season that I don't fully enjoy. If Iowa yep. is, you know, tracking third in the Big Ten all season and I'm just mad about it, that's that's not that's not going to be any fun. If, if Iowa gets to the first Sweet 16 in more than two decades and I'm upset that they didn't get further than that, I try not to be that kind of a fan. So I'm, I'm trying not to set myself up for a lot of disappointment. But when you look at this team and the amount of uh, experience this team has, the amount of chemistry they have playing together for as long as they are, and then the kind of strangeness of this season, we don't know what this season is going to hold, obviously, but I think Iowa is in a better position than most when it comes to uh, you know quick changes of the schedule or games being postponed at the last minute because they've been together so long, they've been through this so often uh, that they, they really kind of have all the pieces you want going into a, a strange season like this. Yeah, I mean, the expectation of, of them doing well is, is going to be you know high, like we just mentioned. But I, I think that as a fan, um, leveling that expectation a little bit just because of all the happenings in 2020, uh, the NCAA took months to figure out schedules. I mean, we're, we're talking about a, 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 a organization that had since March of last year yeah. to figure this stuff out. But we got the schedules, what, just at the 12th hour of the NCAA season this year. So it's it's frustrating there. But given the fact that we're having these non-conference games and there's going to be a lot of traveling, you have to wonder if that sets up some of these teams for a little bit of failure there because I don't know how they're going to adjust their um, – uh, COVID restrictions and, you know, what the protocols are. They haven't been giving, given to us. They don't you know, seemingly even know how those are going to be placed on each conference um, and every team around the country. So given that, there could be teams that you don't get to play because there's too many guys testing positive. Um, that, that could wipe out a whole team. You know, you look at uh, football, you know, two or three guys get it. OK, we have we have some depth. But, you know, two, you know, two or three of your, your starting lineup get COVID. That decimates you, and we don't know if the big, you know, if there's going to be a Big Ten kind of uh, protocol where you have to have that uh, 21 day sit out. That would 
totally annihilate um, a season and the expectations that you would have for number five Iowa. So something to consider, yeah. just kind of level level expectations, be be happy that we're playing, you know, hope for the best. Um, kind of wish uh, uh, I had talked to, to Steve a little bit, but I kind of kind of hope that they would have um, maybe done a little bit of a, a conference schedule to keep it all in conference just to kind of protect yourself. But, you know, I'm a fan, too, and I, I know you're looking forward to uh, the uh, uh, Gonzaga and North yeah. Carolina game as, mu- as much as I am. So we'll see how it plays out. And the Cyhawk game as well. We, we finally oh, yeah. get one of those, so, so that'll be fun. And, yeah, you're right. The the NCAA really I, – I hope we don't go look back and, and regret the fact that they weren't able to figure out some sort of bubble thing, do some sort of a conference thing, just uh, kind of square this away. You're right. They had plenty of time and, and plenty of forethought to – to do some things and just really it feels like we're just going to kind of hold on and, and hope for the best although that's that's worked in other sports and it, it hasn't been a, a complete disaster really in, in any of the sports even you know even in college football where you have teams missing games and you know Wisconsin now ineligible for the Big Ten championship because they will not play uh, six games you know things like that are are not ideal but there hasn't been some sort of uh you know, terrible situation. Uh, obviously, health wise and, and player safety wise, we we haven't learned about anything real bad happening there. But also, um, you know, the 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 season for the most part has has gone on and has been okay. And if if that's what we get for a, a basketball season where it's a little disjointed and it's harder for some teams than others, I think we'll all, all understand that. And uh, we will take as much college basketball as we can get. Uh, not going to learn a ton about this team in these next couple of games, or at least I hope not. Right? <laughs> if no, you, no. If you no, learn a lot no. about a team against you know, North Carolina Central or Southern, you're probably in trouble, like Iowa was a few years ago in those those early games. But um, Certainly, we'll know by the time Big Ten season gets here, uh, kind of where we stack up maybe against some of those better teams with that game against Gonzaga, North Carolina coming to Iowa City. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, any any last words on basketball before uh, before we tip off and uh, and you and I dive into the the Black Friday football game here? Yeah, well, j- just just one quick thing. I mean, without fans um, on the road, mm. I think that the Big Ten is going to be a lot more interesting to watch. Uh, those typical games where you have the fans all over the other players and all over the uh, the referees and whatnot, and and really getting at them. I think I think the momentum shifts, you know, going on the road may not be there. So y- you might have a team. This might be the time that Iowa can be poised enough to go to uh, you know opposing Big Ten you know rivals and come out with a victory that's that's what i'm hoping anyways that's a really good thought i hadn't thought about that but you're exactly right that that will be interesting to see i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Well, we have a big football game coming up Friday afternoon, a noon kickoff in Iowa City as the uh, Nebraska Cornhuskers bring their 1-3 and record into Kinnick Stadium to play Iowa. And Nebraska, you know, looked good against Penn State a couple of weeks ago, although Penn State really... <laughs> Made that a game in the second half, uh, is, and, and and now we see how 
good or not good Penn State is. So maybe you take that with a grain of salt. But Nebraska got smoked by Illinois. I mean, that that wasn't a fluky game. That wasn't uh, you know something happened or somebody was out. That was a better team beating a worse team, a more physical team beating the less physical team. And the less physical team, surprisingly, was Nebraska. Um, this is a team that just seems like it's out of sorts. It, it still hasn't named a, a starting quarterback for Friday. It doesn't really know what it is offensively. I'm not sure it knows what it is defensively. And all that being said, Joe, I'm still worried about this game because of the last two. The last two seasons where Iowa kind of had this game in hand, uh, certainly in the first half and a couple years ago, even this, you know the third quarter, and then Nebraska found a way to come back, had a couple of big plays. Iowa missed on a couple of big plays, and it came down to a Keith Duncan field goal last season, a a game-winning field goal the year before that as well. So even though I think Iowa should win this game and really should be able to kind of name the score as they have the last three weeks, there is the part of me that's that's bracing for a more competitive game than maybe uh, it looks like on the surface. Well, I, I, I don't. I was thinking about this just as you were talking there. I probably should just come out and say, well, we, we, you know, we might be, we might struggle, might have a little hard time getting things going just because each time I've said that we've ended up just blowing these other teams out. But I think that they're going to go in as long as they've done what they've been doing the last, in the past three weeks. I, I don't think there should be any problem dispatching Nebraska. Nebraska has no defense. Uh, we've been able to run over everybody, um, you know, since uh, the, uh, uh, Northwestern game and even in Northwestern we had we had success um we've only I mean we scored 35 uh, or more points uh for the last three weeks this Nebraska team seems uh, just anemic they don't have an identity they don't have anybody on really either side of the ball that, that's motivated I don't know if they've just been crushed emotionally because uh, you know Frost brought them up to high expectations for this year you know they got the uh the I guess, quote unquote, the league back together for for having football this year. So we should thank them. I know there's some shade thrown from <laughs> Illinois. That was great. Uh, thank, yeah, it was great. Thanking them for uh, bringing uh, Big Ten football back. But these guys just don't have what Nebraska teams in the past have had. And that's, you know, that, that black shirt defense, that, um, that, that really staunch uh, defense that would take them to the next level. As far as their quarterback, I mean, I, I don't know if that's mind games from uh, Scott Frost. I don't think it's anything uh, that we should be concerned with um, as far as who they name their quarterback. Cause right now they haven't been able to get anything going uh, production wise for the most part. So I, I'm not concerned heavily like I have been in the past. Um, I, I think that Iowa comes in and, and we're able to, to move the ball as long as is as Petrus can be somewhat effective throwing the ball because, you know, they're going to throw the ball and they need to learn that for the most part. We're out of the uh, the Big Ten West race, uh, barring some cataclysmic um, thing happening to Northwestern. We're not going to make that that Big Ten championship game, but we still have a lot to play for in these last three games and really identifying where the next uh, year is going to be going. So, you, you know, you mentioned Spencer Petrus there and, and, you know, still not great, far from great, but had his best game against Penn State, looked OK. Uh, what did you see when you were watching that game? You know, you saw some uh, some different pass routes. I don't, I don't think they asked him to do a whole lot. I don't think they put a lot on his shoulders, but uh, in that two minute. At offense, he looked really good and, uh, and and had a couple of nice throws. 
nothing you know real great touch wise and then he missed that long throw uh, the long pass it made me wonder if we will ever see Iowa connect on a, a deep ball again I'm sure it'll happen but yep. it, it does make you it does make you wonder uh, but but what did you see in the Penn State game maybe from a game plan perspective or from what Brian Ferentz was doing to kind of help Spencer Petrus lead this offense and, and not put so much on his shoulders but allow him to be a part of this offense like a cog in this offense that that has been so effective the last three Three weeks. Well, I think they put him on a lot of play action plays to get him out to the flat, just doing short passes, which is where he should live right now. Uh, his his long ball game is just not there. I mean, I watch so many other quarterbacks from other leagues make that that pretty pass uh, right over the top that he just can't make right. It's not that he can't throw it. Right. We know that he can throw it a mile, um, but we don't need you to throw it a mile. We need you to throw it with some touch and some loft. So our you know talented wide receivers, the best wide receiver core that I was had you know for a very long time, Marvin McNutt and DJK. Uh, you got to be able you got to think too he's he has all this talent around us this year this is probably you know one of the best years he's going to have this amount of talent yeah all at one place so he has to develop i don't think brian's going to completely abandon uh the the passing game and i know you know we've all said uh, i'm i'm included you know run the ball stop throwing the ball (laughs) and he definitely uh definitely need to do what works but he has got to develop because if he doesn't develop it He's not going to be our quarterback, and he knows that. And I don't want to put you know undue pressure on him, but it is a reality. If you cannot make that throw, and you can't show throughout these last three games, I don't think we're going to see uh, any backup quarterback. We're not going to see Padilla or Hogan. That's you you can pretty much wipe that off. It's these last three games is going to be about developing him. If we would have you know started the season 0-3, 0-4, then yes, you would have seen some changes there because there's no reason not to. But he's the guy. So for the rest of the season, he has a, a lot of opportunity to show that he can make those those longer throws. And I think occasionally it will be sprinkled in there. But I think he's going to live out on the flats. He's going to live uh, a lot with uh, uh, Sam Laporta. He's going to be throwing the ball to him a lot. Reganey, um trying to do the sideline things, not going over the top too often. You know, I gotta say, man, you just said these last three games, and it kind of hit me. Oh my God, there's there's only three games left. I, I get that we're late in the season, and really, this should be like the final week of the regular season. But uh, we're only five games into this thing. I'm, I'm not ready for it to be on the the downslope yet, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. But I agree with you completely. I, I don't think we see Padilla in any any you know big moment. I don't think we'll see Deuce Hogan at all this season. And I think that's probably the right move. It's it's what Kirk Ferentz does, and I do think we'll see an open court quarterback competition. You know, short of Spencer Petras having some sort of awakening and just it all clicking in these last three games and and him just you know becoming a quarterback that we haven't seen yet this season. Short of that, I think we'll see an open quarterback competition uh, you know, going into the offseason and, and, you know, how open the program will be about that, I don't know. But I do think there's a chance that or at least Alex Padilla and Deuce Hogan will have the opportunity to, to take over that spot if they are the guy. Uh, it'll be interesting to kind of see how this all plays out. These these last three games, I think, are about development for him and about just figuring out how to get the ball to some of these playmakers without a, a deep, you know, without, a, I guess, a prolific passing game. I like the three-back Wildcat look that we saw against Penn State. I'm, I'm guessing we'll see some more of that. We've seen quite a few jet sweeps and things like that. I think we'll see some more of that, too. Um, it'll be interesting to kind of see how they get these guys uh, into into the game. And then I agree with you about, uh, about Nebraska's offense, and it really doesn't matter a lot. I think Iowa's defense has just become such a solid unit. And this is something that happens year in and year out, Joe, that we've seen over and over and over. Um, 
even when they're a little shaky to start the season and even yep. in the offseason when we're like, ah, what, I don't know about this D-line and you know, we, we haven't heard them, we haven't seen many of these linebackers. Uh, three, four games in, they solidify and they all figure out their roles and they, they kind of become this unit and they've done it again. And, you know, I thought Penn State was a really good microcosm of, of how Phil Parker coaches this defense because you saw that first drive. And it was a long, punishing touchdown drive by Penn State. And we see that a lot. We see a team do that a lot early on Iowa. And then adjustments are made. And they don't do that again. They're not allowed to do that again. And then it was kind of cool in Penn State. Not cool because we saw them throw two two deep touchdowns. But it was kind of cool to then see Penn State switch up their offense and see Iowa get caught off guard a little bit there yep, and yep. then adjust again, start blitzing, dial up that blitz and really put the pressure back on them. And Phil Parker twice in that game was able to make adjustments to Penn State and shut them down and allow our offense to, to pull away again. And that's been really fun to see, not just this season, uh, but over, over Phil Parker's career. And this defense has kind of grown into my favorite part of this team. Oh, I totally agree. Uh, at the beginning of the season, I thought that they started off a little bit slower than what Iowa's offense was. Not the passing game, obviously, but they they just didn't seem to click. Uh, a lot of it was in the secondary, uh, letting a lot of uh, guys get behind them. But now with the insurgence of the, the defensive line, um, you had Dixon, who is just tearing people up, Van Valkenburg. These guys are really getting a lot of uh, penetration into the the opposing offense and creating havoc around those quarterbacks. We saw Penn State, as you had mentioned, uh, kind of switch it up and try to change their offensive strategy. Really, I don't. They were doing their best impression of Northwestern, and I don't know why they went away from that because it was working. Um, doing those little chip passes, uh, sideline to sideline, and basically just wearing you down. Um, but we stacked the box. We got into the quarterback and that really shut them down. They, they weren't able to make any long ball passes, uh, you know, bar maybe one or two. So it's, it's been fun to watch. And then uh, the defensive side of the ball has, was this the 12th game in a row? We've had a uh, interception or I can't remember how many there are with uh, scoring um, defensive uh, interceptions now, but it's, it's, it's wild. Uh, Iowa has a knack for getting the ball and it's, it's been fun to watch. And Dixon with that, with that little uh, truffle shuffle that was awesome. uh, <laughs> going against that man has a million dollar smile. You should I mean, I don't know if you saw his smile at the end of that, <laughs> but man, he is, he is a, a classy guy. I love it. He's a big man. I've never seen a big man like that run so fast and do a juke move. Well, we should mention the, the 24th-ranked Iowa Hawkeyes as the the new college football <laughs> playoff rankings came out. I was a little surprised to see Iowa you know, up that high, but, but happy to see it. I'll take it. Uh, and, and those are the rankings I would go by until I was ranked higher in, in a different poll. You know, it, it surprised me too, but if you look at the games from earlier this season that we lost, the two, five points separates, separates yeah. us from being undefeated. Five points. I guess that's what's more frustrating than anything. Um, Steve yes. Day had, had mentioned a really interesting thing to me, which I hadn't really considered. But if you if you had taken just a uh, a, a good quarterback, serviceable quarterback, and I'm not trying to pick on on Petrus again, yeah. but uh, say you took um, Peyton Ramsey from Northwestern, you had flipped those quarterbacks, you know, right there. I mean, a guy that yeah. just doesn't make mistakes, able to make those those kind of throws, you win that ball game. Uh, we've been able to kind of hide our quarterback, which, you know, typically you can't hide your, your quarterback in, in a, uh, a Big Ten uh, team. But we've been able to do that. He, he's been able to not have to do so much in, in, in developing his game, uh, even with the receivers that he has. So it's been a testament to our offensive line. Um, 
which probably has three NFL um, top top end uh, draft picks, yeah. uh, especially with the the passing uh, the pass rush uh, graded three of the of the the best in the Big Ten. Um, hopefully, we're able to utilize that uh, against Nebraska. I'd like to see the passing a little more, just so we can know we can do it and give him a little bit of confidence. But we have been doing a lot of a lot of good things to where, even though twenty four. Uh, seems kind of crazy. It was a 20, it was 24, right? Yes. 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 It seems, seems a little crazy. Um, you know, why not? Uh, we, we have the talent and what we've been producing lately certainly has showed it. So it is, it is frustrating. And it, it seems like every year there's that game that you point to and, and not, you know, I, everybody can point to a game, but Iowa typically has these games where it feels like you should have won. Uh, we're certainly in a position to win, and you wonder if if you don't throw the ball fifty times against Northwestern, is is that a different outcome? And if that is a different outcome, uh, are we on top of the West and and looking at Ohio State on December nineteenth? It sucks to see Northwestern win this division again. Oh, it just, oh, it, it's, that, and it's, I mean, it's essentially over with multiple games left. It, it's, it, yeah. it really sucks. It, it, it does because I don't know. Like I, I respect Pat Fitzgerald. Okay, I, I respect Pat. I like Pat, um, but I also like to hate him. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's the kind of guy that's just annoying. He doesn't like Iowa. I, I think that's more of a shtick than anything else. I don't think he really cares. <laughs> but we, we love that rivalry because we hate it. That's kind of one of those love-hate relationships. I hate seeing Northwestern there because I do believe we are better, but yeah. he has been able to get his guys up and going quicker mm-hmm. and by the slimmest of margins, but he was able to do it. So, I mean, you got to give him credit there. There, You know, barring some, like I said, cataclysmic kind of thing, uh, there's no chance for us to get there because we'd have to have three wins. Um, but I think what's what's amazing is the job he's done and what, you know, Wisconsin hasn't been able to do yeah you know they they were ranked pretty high even after missing some games and they're pretty much eliminated now yeah they have they're going nowhere which is unfortunate but that's the reality of it you, you have uh, an outbreak that decimates you know a couple games here you can't make up that game and i think it was probably fitting against uh, minnesota i don't know if uh, what's going on there but <laughs> there's obviously no love lost between right. minnesota and wisconsin and now minnesota one way or the other they were going to screw wisconsin yes yeah, so it was funny that yeah there's a little irony there where wisconsin because you, you remember when they canceled the game against nebraska there was some talk of well they hadn't hit the big 10 protocols yet uh they hadn't it hadn't been triggered by the big 10 this was a wisconsin that's a decision, great point. And now it feels like this is a a, a uh, Minnesota decision to yep. kind of eliminate Wisconsin no, from no, Big that, Ten title contention. Excellent point. Excellent point because you know they they hadn't hit that protocol when they when they called it against Nebraska, and that that very game. I mean that that probably would even with uh, some down players. You, yeah. <laughs> seeing what Nebraska has done yeah, now, you probably win that they, game. Yeah, and you you know what you're still in it even if Minnesota does cancel this game. So I mean there are consequences for for what you do. So thankfully Iowa has hasn't had any of those issues. I'll knock on wood here. Um, we'll continue these three games and, and get the win. But I think the culture that Iowa has in not giving up. I mean the, yeah. these guys have have rallied around each other. Yes. You know you you didn't really know where they were going to be, but I think we found out where their heart is. Yes. You know even with everything tearing apart at the you know uh, the off season and everybody speculating this that or the other, it didn't matter. None of that mattered because within the program, yep. 
the coaches and this team have come together and they've shown that they can win games and, and they're not doing it by slim margins. I mean, they're doing it handedly now. So I think we know where their, their, their focus is. And if we can get these last three games and, you know, whoever we get set up for a, a bowl game or that, that last game during a, a championship week, it will really propel hopefully to next year. Yeah, you're exactly right. You, 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 you you forget I guess now how how it felt even three weeks ago you know you're zero and two after the maybe the most tumultuous off season any football program that's not true uh, Penn State had a worse <laughs> off season you know yeah right uh, Baylor's had a worse off season but there was so much going on with Iowa's off season we throw in COVID that everybody had to deal with but obviously all the other stuff as well and it felt like zero and two and Amir Smith Marset gets that OWI and all of a sudden it's like this is falling apart and you start to question things like is Kirk Ferentz the right man to lead this program forward and is this even a hole that we can dig out of and now three weeks later you've blown out three teams and not great teams but you know traditionally good programs and you feel a lot better about things and and a lot of credit to the the coaches and the players in that program to kind of refocus that at that point and uh, and push forward. And as you said, you've lost the opportunity, or most likely lost the opportunity to play for a Big Ten championship this year. But there's still a lot in front of you. You can extend the streak against uh, against Nebraska and bring that trophy home, or keep it home. You can extend the streak against Illinois, and you can break a streak against Wisconsin and uh, and bring that trophy home as well. And then yeah, you go to to Indianapolis or wherever they're going to play these games on the 19th or 18th. The 19th, uh, you know, maybe you get a good Indiana team and, and you have a, a good game there and who knows what a bowl season will look, look, look like. I, I don't either, but you know, I feel like if uh, if I was on a six-game win streak, you feel pretty good about that. So yeah, it'll yeah, yeah. be... There's there's still a lot of fun left to be had in this season, and uh, and now we got basketball thrown right on top of it. So uh, it's going to be a fun uh, rest of the winter, and uh, we will have it all covered for you on Hawkeye Nation. Joe, thank you so much for the time. As always, we will uh, we'll do this more often, and uh, and we appreciate it. Absolutely, Andrew. Thank you, and go Hawks. Yeah, thank you for listening. Go Hawks. 